Hello everybody, welcome back. It is Thursday, a day where I should be doing literally anything but podcasting. But no, look at me. I decided to hop on this microphone and talk about missions again. Not only because this has been this topic has been the most downloaded uh, topic on this podcast show. I guess you guys like the chaos. I don't know why. I do not know why. Um, but I guess it's helpful to somebody. I decided to kind of just like tie the ribbon on this whole um, topic and sh- share with you how you can spiritually prep for a mission trip. Now, not only do I have stories, which you already know that I do, I have stories on stories on stories on what I've learned, what I've regretted, and what I've seen help. Um, and, you know, honestly, just just listen to me. I'm no pro, but I'm no rookie. But I, I don't think... I, I'm, like, closer to pro than I am a rookie, I'll just say. But I'm not a pro. Okay, just listen to me, because it's going to be good. You take this advice, you're going to be good. Let me tell you. Also, I do not want to be this person, but I will be this person. Leave a review if you can, if you want to. Um, be as extra as you want to. Be as dramatic as you want to join me leave a review i think it'll help reach or something i don't know i don't know i just talk and people download i still don't know why shout out to whoever's in asia in east asia eating this the freak up i see that i see it i see y'all you know i don't know where you are i don't know your ip address but you know i see the downloads in the map thing that i have in my um podcast like carrier host or whatever that i have for this show like I see someone, there's people in, in the East Coast of Asia. I have people in China, Malaysia, and Japan. I have people listening in India and Brazil. Brazil. Olá, gente. Olá, gente. Brazil. Okay. Olá, que coisa mais linda. Olá. Obrigado. Obrigado. I don't know how to... <laughs> Obrigada, obrigado, I don't know. Cristo. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Again, I don't know why. There's people in California listening. Why? There's people, very random spots of the world listening. So what I want to say is thank you. Leave a review. Make it as funny as you can because I want to laugh. Anyways, so mission trips. Now, we've... India and Charity and I have covered the practical steps to have a successful mission trip experience. Like I said in the last um, mission trip topic episode, whatever, I said, you know, you can't have a picture like cover girl, like perfect picture, perfect, not picture perfect, but you can have a, you know, beautiful, successful mission trip, even though that might not guarantee that nothing can go wrong because things just happen sometimes there's nothing better than something going and you knowing that you're prepared for it number one that you have packed what is the solution to a problem and even just being mentally prepared to handle tough stuff like nothing will hurt a team more than a bad attitude and just just a bad spirit really but we've covered that in episode, in part one and two. I guess this is part three. Actual helpful mission trip tips. Spiritual side. 
what I have found in all my mission trip experience has been besides like scrap everything that we've like the practical stuff, the spiritual stuff, why this matters, because you are doing kingdom work, really. And I've gone on mission trips where spiritually I was not because, you know, there's like spiritual matureness in the Bible and the in the Bible talks about there's people that they drink milk and then you grow in your spiritual maturity and you eat meat. Right. I've gone on trips where spiritually I was a child and like a baby, you know, and I've currently on trips and I like my last trip where I have significantly matured and increased in my faith in my maturity, in my understanding, perhaps, even in giftings that I've seen, I've just, you know, I've used it more, I've had more experience in it. So I've, I've, I've been on the opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think specifically, I'm thinking about like that mission trip that I hated. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What, like I shared in that one episode, what made that mission trip so awful besides just, just the drama that, that was going on in that trip or whatever, what made that mission trip so awful for me is that, and I've noticed is that even my mom was like, she's like, you guys just need to prep more. And I've been on a trip where, where I didn't really see much prepping and it showed. Okay. And just to keep it vague, I've been on trips with many organizations and so you'll never know. But for this one, I hate it. It's like, if you know me personally, that's not, you're going to know like what it is, but it has, I'll point it more towards me than anybody else. Okay. Let's just focus there. And if it's anybody else, I'll try to keep it vague as possible, but we didn't really spiritually prep meaning yes, we prayed about it and you know, we had time, but what I noticed in the very next trip that I actually loved, we actually not only prayed, we fasted, we gathered together and had even more prayer time, like intercession over the land, over the trip, over whatever, seeking God. What What do you want to do in this country while we're here? You know, we're available. And it showed mightily. I mean, the miracles, the miracles and just the power of God that I saw working on that trip was ridiculous. Are you kidding me? And of course, like I shared before, that's the trip that um, where... It was like God really, and I knew at that time where God really, really confirmed, like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to travel the world and you're going to preach the gospel. That year was a monumental year. It was a paramount year for me. After that trip, I, I went to ministry school and look at me now. Here I am now. I'm just continuing to do mission trips. But the year before that was a hot freaking mess. Okay. Can you, can you believe me? Listen, there wasn't a lot of prayer that went into it. And my mom, you know, she is just... Uh, She's just wonderful and all that she is. But she was even saying like, oh, you guys need to pray more. You guys need to actually spiritually prep because the things that go on in this trip. And she was speaking from the stance of Africa. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But spiritually, the things that go on in Africa are like next level. And I do not know why, but she was speaking from her experience. She was like, yeah, when when I was younger and we ministered like, um, Oh yeah, like the demonic realm, whatever. I know that sounds so mystical and like so like, woo, but no. I mean, what do you? What else do you want me to call it? Like the losing team. I don't. Know. It was. It, it wasn't feeling the Christians and the attacks that would come on her team and and the way that the enemy would try to spook and scare people and run them out of villages and even try to intimidate people. And just like the story in the Bible where um these two guys are trying to, you know, work in power and they try to cast a demon out, but they didn't have the power. They didn't have the Holy ghost. I should say, because they try to cast a demon out and they're like, I, you know, 
come out in the name of the God that Peter, was it Peter? Peter and Paul are who, who they preach of. And the enemy, you know, the, the demonic spirit looked at them and he said, you know, Peter, I know Paul, I know, but I, either of the two, I don't know if he said both of them or one of them. Not, but basically now I know those people, but who are you? And do you know what happened to those two that tried to cast out a demon without any power in them? The, the evil spirit ran them out of town, beaten, whooping the yash. Do you get me? So, and I remember having a conversation actually with someone in a restaurant and I was telling them that why it's so important to be like spiritually like built up, even especially on like harder mission fields, like perhaps Africa or Haiti or like Asia, for example, where it's just like the spiritual oppression or whatever. I don't know. People have all these fancy terms for it. Like people say for Asia, there's just ancient spirits. Like you just got to know what you're doing. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be scared of an ancient like Asian spirit. I serve the ancient of days. Like they don't get more ancienter than that. Okay. Like, why are we scared? Either you have power or you don't. I was talking to someone and they said, well, I think we all have power. And I said, but that's not true because if that was the case in Acts 1, 8, there wouldn't be a point of saying, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the outermost parts of the earth. And that's Acts 1, 8. So clearly there's power to receive here. Yes, people have the Holy Ghost when you're like, you know, saved and the Holy Ghost comes. But there's something, there's something else. There's like, I think the baptism of the Holy Ghost, something happens in the power, the speaking of tongues, like that's important too. Otherwise, you know, the Apostle Paul wouldn't, when he was, was it Peter or Paul? Paul, when he was traveling and he asked them, were you baptized with water? And the people were like, yes. He said, okay, were you baptized with the Holy Ghost? They said, no, they they were only baptized in the Holy Ghost. I mean, in water the physical, the, but the water, but they didn't have received the baptism of the Holy ghost, the second baptism. So there's something that's integral about the second baptism that gives you the power to overcome, to work in power and to, and to like have the, just the, the authority where the enemy can like, if, if thou rebuke it, if you rebuke it, it knows who you are and it obeys because I'm telling you, there's people being sent out operating with nothing. Nothing but the, you know, just the cojones between their legs. Okay. And they're getting toe the freak up. They're getting toe up. Why? Because they are spiritually inequipped to go and minister. And I'm not saying that the Holy Ghost cannot save them. I'm not saying that God can't come in and swoop in and like be on their behalf. But as a believer, it is absolutely up to you with this Bible that we've been given. It's up to you. It is up to you to do what you were told to do by this word, especially when you go out and minister. You know, like we were talking about in two episodes ago when I was about the Will Smith and the Chris Rock episode when people where I was, you know, where I was talking about how Jesus told his disciples to be strapped when they minister physically. And then we were trying, I was going through because people think that he meant that spiritually but let's look at that from a spiritual context, even though I don't think he meant that spiritually, personally. But let's look at that from a spiritual spiritual context. Jesus told his disciples to be strapped, Creso translation, with a sword. A sword. If you don't think that's physical, well, let's look at that spiritually. A sword. What 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 is the sword in the Bible referred to as the actual word of God? You need to be strapped. You need to have the, you know, the armor. You need to have your spiritual army to be ready to fight. 
because you're not going into just I'm just doing street evangelism no 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 no. you are disrupting the plans of the enemy you're disrupting something that the enemy has been working to subject these people oppress these people and to to have them end up in hell and you're coming in and that'll anger that'll anger the enemy not that you should be scared but should because the enemy will get angry with that will you be protected will you be prepared when there's an uprising will you be prepared when the enemy tries to attack you i was on a trip and it was like a majority of the people that i was with were getting um just and i was in i was in a this happened twice the twice times twice times that i went to africa and the people that i went and i see i'm just here's the thing i'm so grateful for my parent i'm i'm grateful that i'm african because it was like i was spiritually prepared okay like the demonic realm we Africans are aware this is I think in the West people they make it think like oh that's pretend that's just movie magic no that's like Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday for people in Africa I don't we just know that it's there we know that it's real so growing up in an African household that's a part of we I saw that depiction in dramas and movies like my mom would tell me like it's just people just know you can be catholic and be like oh yeah yeah the demonic world is a is a hot mess yes it's real but you got stories okay stories so i was prepared going into this and i knew how to carry myself i knew what to pray i knew how to prepare i should say so i wouldn't get the attack and even if the enemy tries to attack one of my favorite stories my mom told me and i'm getting to this africa story i promise one of my favorite stories my mom told me is when it was like a bunch of Africans, like a group of small group of like Africans evangelizing in this African village. Um, I think in DRC were going around and they camped for a night somewhere. And um, at night, it always happens at night. Peep that. Hey, yo. At night, their tent started like shaking and they knew like, obviously it was like a demonic attack like trying to scare them and run not even just scare them it's not a spook run them out of the village the enemy hated what they were doing and everybody else was scared but this one man he opened his eyes and he said very good i'm not even scared you see what the enemy's doing he's rocking me to sleep yes shake my tent and he went back to sleep and it just shows you there's something about people like that and there's something about people like those who get scared and run with their tail between their legs getting beat up that one guy was prepared. He number one, he knew himself. He knew his authority. By the way, a very I don't like reading books a lot, which is crazy because I'm a super fast reader. Very good at like, oh, I I need to stop popping myself up. <laughs> but it's the truth. Hey, I'm very good reader. Very good reader. Super fast reader. Very good with literacy. Anything. But the only book I can carry in its stomach is the Bible because books, I think is just how people write. People are trash writers nowadays. And, but let me tell you the one book, the Christian book that I could like sit through <laughs> because, and again, it's not like I read a bunch. I really do not like, I'll look at the preface and I'm like, Ooh, that'll do it. And I'll put it right back down. Yeah. I got a lot of books in my house. I have not opened, but the one author that I found has been very interesting. It's just straight to the point. It's Kenneth Hagan. The best book you can read before a mission trip is believers authority by Kenneth Hagan. You don't have to buy it. You can Google it and PDF it. I read that before Dominican Republic. And that was a, that was a third trip that I did that I was talking about earlier. Anyways, Anyways, but that guy had the authority. He knew himself. Not only that, he knew he carried power. I mean, dunamis power, Acts 1-8 power. 
You can't mess with me, even if you try. You can touch my surroundings, but you know what? You actually can't touch me. So what I'm going to do is go to sleep because you have nothing in me. That type of confidence that Jesus had when the enemy tried to tempt him, the enemy couldn't physically, like the enemy could not touch this guy. He couldn't touch him. And Jesus knew that. But what will you fight with? You fight with your sword. You fight with the word of God in that moment. Or sometimes when you have those like spiritual things that happen, the thing that bubbles up in you, it'll, it'll be the word of God. The Holy Spirit will be like, no, and it's like the Holy Spirit will help you whether you need a rebuke, which I'm pretty sure is what you're going to have to do if, when the enemy tries to attack you, especially on the mission field, like a spiritual attack. But anyways, let me go back to this one point twice times. And I know this isn't proper English, which is just really just kind of challenges my past statement of how I'm so good at literacy. Listen, I can read, but can I speak? That is the question. Shakespeare. You see, I told you I was good at literacy. Twice times, (laughs) both of the times that I was in Africa, this happened to my teammates, not me, my teammates. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, chair. At nighttime, Again, something about nighttime. It's a wicked hour. I mean, people call it the witching hour. I don't know. I don't know anything about witches. I couldn't care less. I literally could not care less. They are non-threats to me or anybody in the kingdom of God. But something about night where there's no light, I'll say. When people are sleeping, that, especially in Africa, this happens a lot. I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess the enemy tries to like catch you at your most vulnerable. I guess, whatever. My teammates have went underwent night terrors, which is insane. Not, oh, I just had a weird dream. Not, oh, I just had a bad dream. Night terrors. I knew a girl who had a dream of a snake uh, coming in and wrapping itself around her. I knew it, it. This isn't, this is like spooky stuff that'll like make you uncomfortable. That'll like, make you wake up maybe if you're perhaps not even strong enough to even go back to sleep it'll keep you up at night it'll mess with you it'll rob you of sleep peace sanity or like peaceful mind and rest like a restful mind it'll rob you it'll shake you up in the wrong way but every time that's happened this is what people said oh you know what i just remembered we didn't pray. We didn't pray. Or, and there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack in this story. They didn't pray. And a bunch of people who didn't pray, not that they're not protected, hear me, would get the night terrors. So me knowing this beforehand, way beforehand, me knowing this being raised by my African mother, Saying, when you go to sleep at night, you plead the blood of Jesus over your household, over your mind, over any, it's not a, not a fear tactic, but knowing the enemy will try to attack, but you will be prepared. The enemy could try to rob your sleep or whatever, but you can roll over and, and like spiritually give him a bird, flip him off and go right back to sleep and have the most peaceful rest you will ever have. Do you understand me? Me knowing this, I didn't get the nightmare. I didn't, I would, the nights that I would pray, I would say, cause there's a specific prayer that people do. It's like popular. I don't have anything against it. I think it's great. 
it's like a it's like a like a like a spiritual prayer that you pray over self like oh any spirits that were attached to us while we were ministering any negative spirits we we bind it we curse it we like you know remove it far from like it's a specific like spiritual cleansing prayer i know that sounds so mystical but i've seen people pray it and you know it's worked for them for me i'm just like thank you i'm having a good sleep i plead the blood of jesus because here's my thing i'm going into settlement yes god has given me wherever my foot shall tread i declare it. that's my that's my faithful declaration yes it, it's mine but you also have to understand you're going into territory that spiritually might not be yours do you understand me and that's where there's been physical like i've heard like physical lands in africa that it's like oh there's certain people if unless you don't ha unless you have power there's people that get run the freak out because you're not on you're on specific land that's been dedicated to like you know witches or whatever i know it sounds so crazy whatever but that's here this is not to scare you it's just to educate you you should not be scared even in this just realize and recognize that these are they're all noobs and they're all under they all work for the enemy who's a loser himself and like even in the book of revelations it tells us that we're gonna be we're gonna see the enemy and marvel like this is this is the one this is the one that made the nation's fear or whatever i think that's what it says like like what is this thing are you kidding me this is the one that tormented and and gave me a hard time this little thing and that'll make you recognize that's why god sits up in heaven and laughs he sees he sees the enemy in his wimpy little frame and he knows how weak and ugly and stupid he is so when you carry yourself like that you'll you'll take it like a toddler having a temper tantrum it's just like all right well he needs a snack and a nap all right you just let him just you know just uh get get thee behind me shut the freak up in jesus name and just hush do you get me you just you treat the enemy like he's he's what is this are you kidding me because that is the case he absolutely is but people don't know this Some people think that he's oogly boogly like he's big and bad he's not big he's not big at all he's really not and you what you have to recognize i'm like going ahead of myself but hear me the enemy respects authority and you got that because jesus gave us all authority okay back to my initial point I'm back to my initial point. So the people that are praying. So I wouldn't think I'm really very grateful to God. For me, I noticed when, cause we were ministering, but this is specifically in South Africa on this one. And they would pray this prayer every night, but there was one specific night that they forgot to pray it. I guess it was like a busy night and we were just like, oh, child, it's cold, child. Let me get this hot water bottle and go to sleep. Let me get my hot hands and go to sleep, child. And that was the night that a bunch of women had night tears. And I remember we were gathered like on our people mover in the morning. And one of the ladies were like, um, can we can we pray that prayer? Can we not forget to pray this prayer? Because at night I had the worst dream ever. And for me, I didn't get night terrors, but I do. And I, I don't know, like I do remember having like a dream that I was just like, ooh, child, this is ratchet. But hear me, because this is something that I think God has very, like very trained, like not even trained me, but I'm trying to say like helped me so much in this area. It doesn't shake me up. Like just a little bit about myself. I, I feel like I can stomach things that a lot of people couldn't or may have a harder time doing. 
honestly maybe it has to do with my upbringing like my dad would and this isn't this sounds like i'm about to say something like deep and dark no my dad likes hotel rwanda and it's like a favorite film of his and i would watch movies like that with him since i was a young child and i think that's kind of assisted in my a way of like dealing with seeing things maybe that might be traumatic for another person and be, just brushing that off not it doesn't affect me in a way that it would affect another person not that it's not doesn't have a negative effect that might be like oh my gosh that was gross that was terrible especially when you browse on twitter listen twitter is disgusting and there are things on there that are gruesome like and i don't mean just like nasty now i'm talking like just evil just gruesome things that i've seen like third world country things like just the things on there is just really weird there's terrible there's people i've seen like deaths like on Twitter and a part of me is like all right I should be able to stomach that because the enemy is out here wilding and there's people that live with that every day and I don't want to be like "Eh, I can't take that there's people that see that every day so I should like a part of me is like no I should see the evil that's happening in the world to like you know put it towards my like drive of like hatred towards the enemy and how much ground I want to take back for the kingdom you know from from the enemy to God you know and another part of me is like, ooh, child, I don't want to see that. So that's just that. But I will say there, I do notice that strength. I sh- that's a pretty good way to put that in me. So I noticed when we didn't pray that prayer, people were catching nightmares. So next trip, I did Zambia. Now, still Africa. Same thing, still African. I still know spiritually what to do. The same exact thing happens to the people. But I will say it didn't happen to me and my tent mate. I cannot speak for what everybody else was doing. I was not there. I'm not everybody else. I am one person. But because I know what I know, I and my tent mate made it a point every single night to pray. And it's not like we're not sweating on our knees, like crying out to God, but intentional prayer with faith, praying with faith, knowing that our prayer has powers. And we were the one to, I don't know about everybody else. I don't know if every single person had night terrors, but there was a large, there was a good amount of people who had night terrors, a very specific night or continuously while we were, you know, in that specific area of the bush ministering in these villages, surrounding villages that would have that problem. But me and my tent mate did not. And I credit it to the Lord, but I credit it to my spiritual preparation because I would pray at night every night. Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus over my tent. I thank you, God, that da-da-da-da-da. I thank you, God, for a beautiful dream, a restful sleep. Even the kids that I babysit, it's so funny because it's unfortunate. I think it's, it's a demonic attack, just night terrors and children. You realize that's not normal. Okay, let's clear that. That is not normal. You should not be having scary dreams at night. That's not normal. Okay, I know there's some dreams where God will give you warning dreams to like, but that has a different feeling and there's a different spirit on that the night terrors that are given from the enemy inspired by the enemy like a demonic attack do you understand me that is not normal you can have a restful sleep you can have a restful like you can have rest people there's people that i know that hate sleeping at night because of their battle with night terrors all their life you know and it's just unfortunate but that's the way that the enemy robs sleep. The Bible says God gives rest. Let me look that up. I had my own scriptures like prepared. Read this. Well, I'll read it actually. It's me that has the Bible in my hand. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives 
his beloved sleep, or he gives rest to those he loves. He gives rest to the weary. It's vain for you to rise up early, stay late, and eat the bread of sorrows for you to be, you know, he gives rest to the weary. Rest, I mean, rest is a promise that we have. It's a blessing. You labor, then you rest. The enemy is trying to rob believers and even just, just the natural rest that we have and give you battles. It's one thing. <laughs> There's one thing if you, you can battle it by day when you're awake, but battling at night, how will you be spiritually prepared? I know how. Let me tell you, especially in the dream realm. I It's crazy. It's crazy. Do you understand me? Like I have seen, there, it's been a journey and I feel like it's God has really done like a cool thing and I'm going to tell you what it is. So let me, uh, we're going to go there. Just give me a second. Just give me a second. So my tet may pray this prayer. We were not attacked in that area. Well, personally, I don't think we were attacked at all. Like me, I don't know about my tet mate. for me. I don't think I was attacked at all, <laughs> but that area, that wasn't something that wasn't a testament. That wasn't our testimony. I'll just say that. And yes, and I'm so glad, you know, they actually pray that very specific spiritual cleansing prayer on that trip. And, you know, it's, I don't know where people learn it. It's like maybe Sozo or like spiritual healing or whatever that people do. I've never done Sozo, but I don't know. Maybe it was just picked up from there or something like that. People, some, usually people in the ministry or have a, like a, you know, in the body for a while, usually know that specific prayer. But either way, if you don't know it, you don't have to know the script. You just, just pray intentionally. I, you know, I will have a good sleep. Even the kids I babysit. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They, they dealt with night terrors. And at night when I pray for them, they have, they have a very specific thing. Oh, please, Grisa, don't forget to pray that we have a good sleep. And I, I know that it's worked because when I pray, like they, they, they want me to pray that prayer. Because when Crizo prays, when when that gets prayed over, I don't have night terrors. You know, nighttime is a great time. It's not a scary time. It's not an uncomfortable time. You know, because you can handle that stuff. And do you know what that serves as? It serves as a hedge, a spiritual hedge of protection where the enemy can't touch you. I think it, especially the whole pleading the blood thing, I think that's so powerful because it just reminds me of Passover, which this is not going to be a Passover podcast, but uh, but it's die, die, I knew. Die, die, I knew. Okay, I sound like a Sims. Die, die, I knew, die, I knew, die, I knew. I might be Jewish. I don't know. We got to look that up. I have to, I have to look that up. This isn't going to be a podcast for a Passover, but um, uh, what do they say? Berukatai Adonai. I'm kidding though. There's a specific saying. I want to say it. I want to say it. I want to say it on here to celebrate you and the Jews and the Christians that observe it. I do. Oh, it was Dianu. That's what it is. Anyways. But it reminds me of Passover when the angel of death came and went through each house, just, you know, in the neighborhood or whatever in the, in Egypt, but whoever had the blood of the lamb marked over their door, the angel of death passed over, but he killed those who didn't have the blood of the lamb marked over their door as was instruction given from Moses to, to the, to Israel, you know? And it's just crazy. I plead the blood of Jesus. And it's, 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 I'm just, I'm not saying that, oh, because you didn't, well, I don't know what I'm not, not saying then, but it's interesting how 
when the enemy was going around attacking people, he he didn't touch us. We we had a peaceful sleep. You know, your girl was shivering at night. But even then, I still rested. I was well rested. I wasn't exhausted. My body wasn't tired. Like it was, you know, I, I labored. Your girl lost a lot of weight because of Zambia. Praise the Lord. Send me to the nations. Give me two pack. Give me a three. Give me a six pack. Hallelujah. Where can I send me, God? I'll go. Tone me up. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's really interesting how that worked. Because I know what I prayed and because I pray expecting my prayers to be answered, expecting to see the proof. I, I, we saw, we saw that it was evident. So I want to teach you guys how to spiritually prepare. And especially in the, I'll just say in the, in the area of dreams, (laughs) when you are spiritually prepped, let me tell you, there's been times that the enemy has tried to attack me in my sleep. There's been times. So you know what the craziest thing is? While dreaming, while dreaming, I would start speaking in tongues. There's a level or there's a way. I don't even know. I don't I won't say it's a level, but there is a way that you can there's like when you are spiritually prepped and armed, you will be able to go to war for yourself in sleep. In the middle of sleep, I've woken myself up praying in the Holy Ghost. I have, I, I recall, and I'm a dreamer. Some people don't dream. A lot of people, some people just literally do not dream. And the only time they dream, I guess if it's not a nightmare, it's like God speaking to them, specific, like speaking specifically through dreams. But I'm a dreamer. I have dreams that crack me up. My dreams are like movies. I have dreams where I'm just like, oh, chat, what's going on? What's this chat? I have God dreams. I have all kinds of dreams. I dream literally every night and if I don't remember then I probably didn't dream that I don't know but I, I constantly dream and there's been dreams that I physically remember it's like I'll be sleeping and I spiritually it's like because my spirit cannot sleep my spirit is awake there's been times in my sleep where I felt like something demonic and just me just interceding fighting 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 in rest I'm not losing sleep. There's been times where the enemy has tried to attack and I'm just like, and I speak to myself and I'm just like, okay, the enemy would want me to fear. That doesn't make sense for me to fear. Your girl is literally tired. It's three in the morning. What I will do is praise the, what I will do is praise the Lord. What I will do is just not give the enemy what he wants. Like the, the, (laughs) What the enemy wants me to respond to is be scared and nervous and like, oh, be uncomfortable and cry. I'm not going to cry. I know what this attack, I know that this is an attack. What I will do is say, I thank you, God, for rest. God, I love, you know, let me read the Bible. Not to comfort myself. Let me bless the Lord. Let me do the opposite of what the enemy wants me to do. Let me build myself up. Let me rejoice in the Lord. And again, rejoice. And then you know what I'm going to do right after that? I'm going to have the best sleep and I end up having a peaceful sleep. Or sometimes I wake up and I'm just like, Ooh, child, that was ratchet. Absolutely not. Rebuke thee in Jesus name. And I just go right back to sleep because one thing you're not going to do one thing. And I kind of love this about myself. I'll just say, I know the Bible tells you to not speak well of yourself and let other people's do it first, but I'm grateful for the Lord doing this to me. You will not take away my sleep. 
Ooh, when I learned that people were people were getting sleep raw for them, they couldn't go to sleep. They're too scared, baby. We're just if if that's the case, then I'll just close my eyes and shiver at night in fear. Like what? The, but obviously, I don't do that because again, I just showed you I take care of that because it's just a dumb response. I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna choose not to. How about that? Because I'm tired anyways, and I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. No, I'm just not. How about that? It's a choice. And I said no. Computer says no. So I, I, you won't take away my sleep. Oh, you trying to come to you? You trying to <laughs> you can attack A, B, C, D. You shouldn't, and the enemy is not allowed to. But you can try to attack A, B, C, D. But my sleep? Oh, we going to war, and you going to hell. Oh, H to the no. Hey, no, no, you're not do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play about my sleep. Beauty sleep. I don't play about my sleep. The same way I don't play about my skincare, you're not going to ruin sleep. My skin needs to be glowing. I need to look good in the morning. Okay? No, 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 no. And that has been an area that the enemy has tried when I was little. But he don't try the way that he tries now. Because now it's like you're just so armed. You're spiritually prepared. In my sleep, I'll, I'll fight. And I don't even have to wake up. And if I get woken up, I'll just go right back to sleep. You're not changing. No, I will still sleep. The same way that African guy was like, oh, the enemy's just rocking me to sleep. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You cannot be bothered by the things of the enemy. He's trying to shake you up. He's trying to instill fear, to sow the seed of fear. Reject it reject it and go right back to sleep and give your sleep to the Lord. I'm telling you, you're going to have the best sleep that'll make up for the sleep that the enemy tried to rob from you. But anyways, but that's that. But in spiritually prepping, what you should do, how do you, how do I spiritually prep? Because you can pack the right things. You can act the right way. But if your spirit is off or you are ill prepared, you will not be effective on the field. Number one, the number one way that you can, ooh, I gotta charge, I gotta, hold on, let me charge this. Let me charge. I knew I shouldn't have charged my phone when I was recording the podcast. The number one, ooh, the number one way that you can prepare for a mission trip, spiritually, is to pray. Okay, this this is not very hard. It's not like you have to like go hiking on a mountain, Mount Kilimanjaro, and then come down and then fast for 50 nights. No, no, no. Pray. I've been on trips where we didn't pray. And the biggest testimony we had was they prayed with us. We were able to bless them. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know why people say that. Even if it's, even if I'm just here to bless one person, that'll do it that's enough for me no no this is thousands of dollars i am been i have been set to be have major impact on this earth i wasn't sent for one person though i don't i'm not saying that one person can't create impact i mean there was one man that was preaching the gospel i heard a story i don't know if this is true but one man that was preaching the gospel and a little and nobody listened but one little boy came by and stood and listened and he gave his life to the lord because he was preaching the gospel that little boy turned out to be billy graham and look at the impact that that man's life had. Now that one guy that chose to be faithful had one person take that that day. It's not like he, in his whole ministry he ever had one person that day. And because of that, that guy, look at that guy's reward. 
if, if it wasn't for that one guy preaching the gospel and Billy Graham listening and being there that day, I don't know if this is even a real story. It's like I heard it. Sometimes it's just sometimes people tell stories and it's like, baby, was that true? Or did you did you? I don't know how. How do y'all know people's life stories and they didn't tell? But but if it wasn't him, then it was maybe it was Ryan Bonky. Either way, ended up being a very big evangelist. It took one man, but I didn't come all the way there for no one person. Let me tell you right now, right now, right now. I'm reaching several people. God can minister to several people, several people. People try to make it seem like numbers don't matter. If it didn't matter, we wouldn't have a book in the Bible called numbers. There wouldn't be a point in counting how many were added to the church on the day of Pentecost. Do you get me? Numbers gauge. Numbers help you gauge, I think, not the spiritual impact, but like, I think progress it shows me you can't, you can start small, but you should never remain small. You can reach one person one day, but that should never be all that you reach in all your attempts of ministering to somebody. That's th no, you have to be fruitful and multiply. You can't multiply when you multiply things increase. So I didn't come over there to just reach one person and just have just a tear come out of their eye. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I did, but I'm sure that just no, 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 no. I came to see the sick healed. I came, I came to see the dead rise. If there's any dead among, I came to see blind eyes open. I came to, to minister to people, to give people words from God, whatever they need. There's one person in South Africa, the, the, she had a problem with doubt, doubt, not sickness, not this, not that. I couldn't lay my hands and be like, hallelujah and see physically see the, the whatever. But do you know the word that the Holy Spirit gave me to tell her? It was the switch foot lyrics. He told me to tell her, she's, let me tell her, I didn't preface this right. She, she had a problem with doubt and every time she prayed or every time she went to prayer, she would, she, the problem would leave and then it come right back up again and get to, can I do this? Can I do, I know that I'm called to do this, but doubt just keeps me from doing the thing that God, God has called me to do. And that has been a problem that she's been battling for years. And do you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a laying hands of prayer. It wasn't an impartation of the Holy ghost that fixed everything. It was a simple word from a switchfoot lyric that God reminded me of that he brought in my spirit. And I told her, since you're so good at doubt, you're so good at doubt. Why don't you just doubt your doubts? And do you know what she did? She paused. She took a step. She was like taken aback. And she was like, that's easy. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. I've never thought about it like that. Sometimes there's things it's, it's like, there'll be things that you'll like, you'll, mm, 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 I'm laying hands. I'm seeing this, these encounters, Holy Ghost, boom, boom, boom. And there's other things where it's just like, I came all this way to give you a word. And that'll be the key to unlock whatever's next step that they need to walk in. Do you understand me? But all of that is good, but he's anointed us. I mean, the Bible even says that you don't know, like you will you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will, you will, you will, you will work in power. There are specific ministry powers that you are to expect to happen as someone filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, filled with dunamis power that you should expect to see. You shouldn't expect to get all the way over there, have all that money be raised, spend all that money perhaps, just to say a nice word and see people let a tear come out of their eye with a coffee in their right hand. Mm, that's so good. Amen. I could get that at Walmart. The HMI doing raising all this money to go somewhere for that same response. Are you kidding me? No, 
I'm expecting. Devil, you owe me souls. You owe me this. So I come with, I come with grit. Oh, I, I wish I couldn't hear this buzzing. I come with grit. I come with cojones. I come with power. Expecting to see some. I come to be violent. The kingdom of God suffers violence. Ooh, I'm punching the mic. What am I doing? Suffers violence and the violent will take by force. So when you pray, when you spend time and consider the nation, consider God, consider what the Holy Spirit will speak to you, maybe to speak, maybe for some people, I don't operate like this, but some people they'll be like, they'll, God will give them like a name or the person's face or this like clues, like a yellow shirt. And then when they're ministering, they'll see exactly what God showed them in the vision before while they're in prayer over this specific ministry opportunity. And that'll be their leeway. I have tried in America. We call it treasure hunting. Oh, let's treasure hunt. I have tried to do that. But you know, for me, it's just, that's just not how I flow. And it's not like I listen, I have tried. I've seen absolutely nothing. That's just not how I flow. How I flow is I just, I, I walk around and the Holy spirit, captures my attention on someone you know like i just i just some something about that person just hits differently the holy spirit is pricking and prodding at my heart pay attention to that person and and i see people and i just feel the unction to go over and talk to them and minister to them there's something about them that i can't shake that's how the holy ghost speaks to me and not that i'm limiting him speaking to me in that area yeah sure do what you want to do holy spirit but anyways, people have di people minister differently. But you pray, consider the nation, consider what God wants you to know, consider how God wants to build you up. Mind you, when you pray, keep it in mind that you're actually building yourself up. You're current. You're doing very good. Good. You are building yourself up now for whatever you have to minister in because you don't want to come in prayer less. That's prideful. I heard somebody said the man that doesn't pray is full of pride because you set yourself in a position to think that you can't you, what you need you don't have to receive from God you know you it's good to pray you need to depend on God you cannot do life alone basic there's people without God there's people in this world that don't even serve Christ that are struggling from the day they were born to the day they'll go to the grave not even having the opportunity to have a relief, just a, a day where they don't have to worry about money. They don't have to worry about the lights and bills and this and that and family stuff and this, 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 that. Just worry has consumed their entire life, birth to grave. But as a believer, you have a way out. You have relief. You have rest. You have breakthrough. You have this. You have that. You have all good things. All good things. Do you get me? As a believer, you have all these things because God is a way maker. He's a miracle working God. So when you go and you, every mission trip is, it's like, it's violence. It's waging war against everything the enemy has tried to do to a nation, a people group or a land. You know, when you pray, God will speak to you regarding the things that he wants you to know. He'll fill you up. He'll give you impartation of, he'll give you wisdom. He'll give you knowledge. He'll, I, the way I, the, the way I like to see it, he'll give you like a game plan. Oh, maybe it's like, and some people haven't prayed for you. I don't know. Pray with your team. Sometimes we do hot seat and it's just like, I feel like God's going to do this on this trip. Pray, be, be prepared, be prayed up, prayed up. That's the real term. You know, maybe it's just like, it's a game plan the way I see it. Yeah. Because maybe God revealed, this is going to occur. This is the way that I want you to know. 
This is the way that I want you to walk. Excuse me. This is what I want you to know. This is how I want you to handle it. This that God will tell you the things that maybe the enemy had coming for you as a, as a surprise attack that you already be spiritually and mentally and physically in the natural prepared for in advance to take the enemy by a surprise. Did you get me? The, God will tell you the plans of the wicked. There's a Bible story of, of the Israelites being literally able to hear the things that the enemy in their camp were whispering about. They heard it all. And then it put fear into the camp because they're like, how are they hearing all of this? God, you are in communication with God. God will give you the way to have victory. I think it's irresponsible to not be prayed up before a mission trip because it's prideful. You thinking that you can't depend on God or you don't need anything from God. You just go off of what you know. Oh, I know a lot. Oh, you know, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah, I know how to ask the Holy. When I go, when I go, I'll just, when I need him, I'll, I'll ask. That is so prideful. You need him now. You need him more than ever. Every single day. God, I'm thinking about this. I'm so grateful for this trip. What will you have me to do? What will you have me know? Teach me. Whatever you like, you know, pray. And not only that, not even asking God about a game plan, perhaps. Rebuke, bind some things up. Spiritually lay the ground. Spiritually do the mission field before you physically do the mission field and work in the spirit. You can spiritually like rebuke things and curse things and, and make the path straight for you in advance. You can I bind up any plane cancel complications or this or that, or that it's, it's imperative to be tuned into the Holy ghost. It is imperative because specifically when you are on the ground running and you show yourself, you show your face and you like, I'm, I'm currently actively working against the kingdom of the, of Satan right now as I go and preach the gospel and I deliver people and I snatch them out of the grips of hell there it's like it's literally it's like war uh, there's a story I heard from a pastor I know he was in a, a country and they were ministering and they were on the bus and he felt in the Holy Ghost to pull over and pray and he told the driver if I could if we could can we just pull over and just pray I just feel to pray they were actually heading towards a market where they were going to set up their speakers and like a little mini stage where they're going to minister to people in that market. Did you know that while, because they were ministering there for like before, like in that area for a few days, I think, or they were just there beforehand. So they were just another day of doing that again. The, there was a terrorist group in that area that caught war that they were Christians ministering and they bombed that area that they, the exact area that they were going to set up their equipment to be in and minister in. But where were the Christians? Not there. They were not there. They were praying because they pulled over by the Holy Ghost, as led by the Holy Ghost. The unction of the Holy Ghost told them, pull over and pray. So there are things, I'm telling you, you got to be tuned into the Holy Ghost because there's things the enemy will try. The enemy, let, let me tell you, the enemy hates Christians. He hates believers. He hates us. So it's not just like, oh, you know, oh, he's just going to give you a bad dream. He wants to, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. How, how more simple can the Bible put it? You don't like you. He, he'll, his goal, his dream is to kill your loved ones. Have them have hell on earth and then hell in eternity. How about that? He don't like you. He wants you to suffer with them. He don't like you at all. 
he wants to kill you. He wants you dead. He wants you, he wants you gone. He wants you like ruined. He wants your life ruined. He wants you to struggle. He wants you to be in lack. He wants you to be poor because poverty is a curse. According to the Bible, some people think it's righteousness to God. It's not doing God a service being poor. You're in lack. Stop. You, you ask for everything. How about God will give you the ability to create wealth and be in power and you be faithful with the little. He'll make you ruler over much so that you can steward better things and have better prayers than God. Can I have five dollars today? Have better prayers. God, you know, give me the ability to rent this private plane or start an airline for believers and missionaries where they can fly out. They can fly out in a low discounted price costs will net plane costs will never be a problem for missionaries again because i've started you know pray big prayers like that instead of oh god i need gas money and you're rocking back and forth for two hours speaking in the holy ghost waiting for five dollars to fly through the air vent into your pocket come on you know what i mean be prayed up because you'll be ill prepared imagine I mean, I, we know if that person didn't pull over and pray, they would have been dead. I know people, people like to, I know people like to believe that, oh no, with God, you can never make a wrong turn and face consequences. No, when he prompts you to go somewhere, what is the opposite? Okay. When you obey, there's life. When you sin, there's death. Simply put, the stopping was go pray, pull over and pray. That was the warning. That was the stopping. That was the prompting. The Bible story that I'm thinking of right now is the man who's riding the donkey and the donkey tried to stop him and he's beating the donkey. He's like, go, go, go. But he didn't even know that there was an angel standing there with a sword that was ready to kill him. And the donkey was trying to save his life. There's risk out here, people. You can make a wrong turn and be dead. Hello. <laughs> God speaks all the time. People, I don't know why people water down the voice of the Holy Ghost where it's just like, oh, this is just a light suggestion. If you could just please, pretty please pull over and pray. No, pull over and pray. Pull over and pray. That's a command. He is the Lord of your life. Okay, okay, God, I heard you once. Cool, we're doing that. We're, we are pulling over and we are praying. Of course, God is merciful and he forgives. Just like in the story of Elisha, when God told him to do something and he said ran into a cave and hid. And God was like, why are you, why are we here? Like, why are you in a cave? You know, because he was scared of Jezebel. And, and, you know, and God did a miraculous thing. He outran the enemy's chariots and the horses and the people with just his two legs. So that's, it's an amazing story. Look it up yourself. It's a great read. I love it. So yes, he can restore, but it's not like people make it seem like there's no risk. Like you can't make a wrong turn. Like you can actually screw some things up by like disobeying. Sin begets death. So you either listen and obey and be blessed or you don't listen. And who knows? I don't know. Maybe somebody else heard from the Holy Ghost. and No, I feel like we should pull over. Praise God for his saving mercy and saving grace. But he saves you. He's a savior. He is a savior. You know, there's real risk out here in these lives, in this life, which makes it how much more imperative is it to listen to the Holy Ghost? That it's very important. It's not something that you should just expect to miss it all the time. Oh, we'll miss it, but he'll retrack us. Don't, don't live your life like that. That is not smart. Obey, strive to obey and listen the first time. How about that? Okay. Okay. So that's prayer. The next thing that you can do to spiritually prepare is fasting. Some people do not believe that we need to fast. I think it's stupid. You know, they believe, oh, you know, we already have everything and God has given us everything. We don't need to fast. No, 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 no. 
you need to fast. The only reason why the disciples didn't fast is because Jesus told, he told the people, he told the, the religious people. They're not, they try to rebuke Jesus. Your people don't even fast. You guys don't even fast. Why would you fast if you're with the bridegroom? But there is going to be a day where they're not going to have the bridegroom and then they will fast. And that's what we do now. We fast. Fasting to me is like a time. It's like a way to expedite. Okay. Like your favorite dress coming in from ASOS. Oh, the shipping says it's going to come in 14 days. Let me Amazon prime it and it'll get here yesterday. Fasting is that spiritual things. The best example biblical example of fasting is Daniel when he fasted for and prayed for 21 days when the angel came to him he said when you prayed your prayer was answered but for 20 days I was held back by the spirits in the air of you know of Persia or whatever and because you continue praying there was able another angel was being was able to be sent and fight that spirit and power off so I could be here and give you the answer to your prayer here Fasting and prayer. There's going to be things. Sometimes it's just people pray one prayer and then I don't know why. Because the Bible does say when you pray, believe that you'll receive and you will receive. But there's prayers that and that's how people develop boo-boo doctrine, like trash doctrine. Because sometimes God says no. Sometimes how many know? Thank God for those unanswered prayers. What kind of prayers are you praying? Like, I don't, I really don't think the majority, a majority of Christians out here are out here praying like trash prayers. Like, oh God, give me a third leg. Yeah. Thank God for those unanswered prayers. But there are serious prayers that people are praying. Father God, I I, I need breakthrough or or I want to see this occur. And it's like serious, serious prayers that people are praying that they don't see answered. And then because of that, they don't see answered and they only did one thing. They think they develop this trash doctrine as if you can be insecure in an area of prayer. You shouldn't be insecure in any area concerning God at all because you know that he will and he will. Faith does not waver. It should never waver. Abraham, unwavering in his faith, was able to obtain the promise. Unwavering faith. You can have that. Did you know you can have that? You don't get on that. But when you fast, this is how I pray. When I pray, I expect to see the outcome. If not, then if it's not something that I can see like right now, like, oh God, you know, give me peace. I'm expecting that to happen now. If I don't see it happening, you know, I'm not praying. I'm just, this is not like long-term prayer where it's like, oh, Father God, you know, thank you God for my spouse, future spouse, whoever that person is. Oh my goodness. What are taking your sweet time, are you? So you know, I can't, I'm not, I don't know. Like these are prayers that I, I'm not, how, how can I see that right now? I don't know who this person is. Mm. Mm. So, but if it's something like, for example, and I like, for example, like, um, let me see, like, let me see, let me see, let me see. What did I fast for? Like may Okay. Perfect. Finances. Father God, I need, let me, let me bring something up in finances. A prayer prayed in faith would expect to see the outcome. And I'm not talking about down the line finance. I'm talking immediate. Maybe you're in need. Father God, I, 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 this is something happening here. Or I, I thank you, God, for the healing of so and such and such and so. I don't, I hate people say that. We prayed for healing, but he God answered our prayers and he healed her in heaven no you're being dumb no you didn't ask for that person to be healed 
in heaven. You ask them to be healed on earth. What can you do? You can fast. What happens when you fast? When you pray, you should expect to see a solution soon for certain things. Obviously, I already broke down. There are certain prayers that are like long-term. There's certain prayers that are like short-term. Like, hello, we need results ASAP. You know what I mean? When that doesn't, if that doesn't happen, recognize spiritually there's something going on because when I pray, I should expect to have my prayer answered when I pray, just as the Bible instructs me to. When you pray, pray believing that you have received and you will receive. When you ask, you receive when you ask, when you ask, when you ask. There's verses in the Bible, there's a verse in the Bible that says that God already answered these prayers before you even ask. So don't come at me and well, there's certain circumstances you haven't fasted. You haven't fasted because the same way that happened for Daniel, the angel told him when you prayed, the answer was there. I had the answer, but, but spiritually there must be something going on. So this is what I'll do. I will disregard my, my flesh and put emphasis in the spirit. Fasting food, fasting means cover it means to cover your mouth i don't know who told people to fast social media that's dumb like yeah there might be health benefits like you'll be a normal person for 24 hours but there's no spiritual anything you don't spiritually get anything from that anything at all there's no spiritual fruit from that there's people fasting social media for like centuries because they didn't have technology I didn't see like revival breaking through because, oh, because you, the telephone hasn't been invented and you, hallelujah, good job. No, Fat, re restrict your flesh, push it down, kill your flesh to let your spirit man rise up because I want to see something in this area. And that's violence. You are violently waging war against an area. No, 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 no. I should expect, I should be seeing the answer to my prayers. God answers if it's I'm praying a prayer full of faith. So I'm not the problem. And it's not like God can't answer prayers. So he's not the problem. So something is hindering something and it's a problem to me. I will handle this. Let me handle this. Fast. Cover your mouth. Don't eat. That's what fasting is. It's not not going on social media. That's not fasting. It's not having a fruit diet. The Daniel fast is not fasting. I don't know who, who, who told people that that was fasting. You're on a diet. You are snacking. In fact, people that do the Daniel fast, and I actually tried this one time, a mess. You eat more than you regularly would with just not fasting in general because you're like, oh, all I can eat is fruit. And then you consume like five pineapples. That's not normal. You realize you're feeding your flesh. You're not covering your mouth. Muslims fast. They fast better than Christians. This Ramadan. It's right now is Ramadan. What are they doing for six hours? Sunrise to sunset. They are refraining their mouths. They're praying. Going to the masjid, the mosque to go pray. And, and what they believe is at that time of Ramadan that the, that the devil is like bound up or something. I don't know. I don't research this. It's just what I, you know, I saw like a Muslim say. They pray better than Christians. They fast better than not pray. They fast better than a, a lot of Christians I've seen, especially in the West. Are you kidding me? You know how? Because they literally cover their mouths and don't eat. So I don't know what fat West Christian mentality told us. Well, you can sneak in an almond or two or like there's if there's fasting cookbooks, friends, you're not fasting.
If you're thinking about food, you're not fasting. When you fast, refrain, cover your, it literally means cover your mouth. I, I want to put emphasis on this because I'm tired of people being stupid. Okay. Don't eat. Pray. Pray. Father God, I am putting my flesh down. So that the things of the spirit can be advanced. The things that I've seen through fasting my days. My friend India, she was $700 away like a few days before a mission trip in Dominican Republic. She she knew about fasting and she, that, that was enough to have like results. Because all she knew what to do, I just feel that I should just go in my room and pray and not eat. It wasn't like she fasted. I don't think she fasted for three days. I think she fasted for like dinner or a night. The very next day, she gets a call that somebody pulled money out of. And she told the story in the episode. Um, so your parents, you know, oppose God's calling on your life. That money came in exactly the exact amount that she needed to go on that trip. That money came in and she was able to go on that phenomenal trip with me and Charity. And that's where Charity and India and I, all three of us became friends because I was already friends with India for a while. So, and look at us now. Look at God. Hallelujah. Stop. Stop eating. You're fat. Like, you, the Bible even calls, I, I don't care. Your feelings are hurt. Go cry about it. The Bible rebukes people that f- eat too much. It says your God is your belly. People are led by their flesh. It's a great way to train your flesh to shut up and discipline your flesh. Because their flesh, I'm telling you, you don't know how much your flesh rules your life when you until you fast. When you're fasting and everybody's bringing food, everyone's having a party, everyone's eating, everyone's having a dinner party. All the commercials are just about food now. They used to be about like Activia and like working out and like Chase Bank and State Farm. Everything's about food. The enemy will try your hardest to get you off food. What did he try to do to Jesus? He tried, just eat a piece of bread. Come on, eat a piece of bread. Thank God Jesus is not a 30-year-old woman with cellulite or else he would have broke that fast real quick. But Jesus knew to stay on his fast 40 days and 40 nights, which I know a bunch of Christians do. No one's asking you to do 21 days at first. Just practical wisdom. Start with one day. Start with fasting a lunch. Start with fasting dinner. Cover your mouth up and pray and contend for things. That has power. You are intentionally doing something and you will have intentional results. According to that, that which you prayed. And it's a good thing. It it, it expedites things. I've seen things occur in my life. I just got out of like a New Year's fast. I love it. We do 21 days of fasting. Fasting. And I typically do the sunrise to sunset. Sometimes I do just nothing. Sometimes I do like I don't do it for a long time. The nothing thing maybe like a day. Sometimes I do just water for a day. Esther fasted. Perfect Bible story. She fasted. That's how Jews were saved. Hey, they were saved three days and three nights. They fasted. With just water. I I don't know if it was no, it, I think it was no water at all. Three days, three nights. We'll cover our mouths and we're going to pray that we'd be delivered. And God delivered them out of the hand of Haman, I believe. And look what happened to him. He was killed. So don't tell me fasting doesn't work. It works. When you pray and things aren't happening, I'm going to fast. I know a story about a woman. It was Karen Wheaton's mother, her sister, when she was younger was like so sick, like hospitalized sick, like she like near death sick and her mother being a woman of God made it like made a decision in her heart, made up her mind. I'm going to go down to the basement. 
I'm going to lock the door. No food, no water. And I'm going to go down on my knees and fast and pray until my daughter gets well. The second her knees hit the floor, God told her, get up. Your daughter's been healed. Are you, are you kidding me? So don't tell me fasting, okay? Those two minutes that she took to walk down to the basement, don't tell me fasting doesn't work. Do you understand me? And why do you need to do that on that trip? It is a way to spiritually prepare you and bring things up out of you because it's a spiritual you're stepping into spirit war stuff, spirit realm things, spirit business. Like, you know, like the mafia, like if you were to live your life like a regular citizen and then you come and then you come into the world of mafia, it's, it's different. Now you got to run different. You got to walk different. You got to, you move differently now that that's the best way I can equate it with mission trips or just doing ministry, especially in different fields, especially places like Asia or Africa. You got to move differently. You can't come in weak. You can't come in unstrapped. You got to come in prepared, babes, or you'll be the first one taken out. In the safari, what do, what do the animals, the lions or whatever, the predators, who do they attack first? The weakest one in the back of the pack. The one trailing behind. Spiritually, that's where a lot of people are. You're just trailing behind. Oh, you're picking daisies. You're picking daisies. Oh, oh, that kid's weak. I can. The, the spirit world knows. That's how he was able to beat up. That demon was able to beat. Those demons were able to beat up those two guys. You're weak. There's nothing in you. I can ruin your life. Yeah, I'm going to do that actually right now. The enemy knows and understands authority. He responds to authority. But when there is no authority, he'll have the time of his life with you. His life with you. Because you're weak. You're powerless. I don't know who you are. That would be one thing if you're Peter or Paul. I'd, I'd obey. I'd listen to you. But you? Who are you? I have to listen to you with what? What authority do you have? Who do you work for? There's a lot of believers being sent out with nothing. And they just go out just to be tormented and kicked around and bullied. And the best testimony they got from there is someone cried. Are you, are you kidding me? I, hear, I want to hear testimonies like someone raised up from the dead. People were healed. Miracles happened. A leg grew out. I've seen these things. I have seen these things. Eyesight came back. A paralyzed woman stood up and walked around for the first time in her life. She was succumbed and bound to that bed, that deathbed. That was going to be her deathbed. True story. On my, um, I don't, I think it was first or second mission trip in Honduras. I think it was the first one. I saw a paralyzed woman get up and walk, get up and walk. This lady was old. Her mother changed her. Or, I mean, her daughter changed her. That's, that's a shame. That should not be the case. Healthy woman. Bunch of Americans came to her house. She never heard. She's never even been anywhere. She's never, she's heard of Americans on the radio. She, she never thought she'd meet Americans. They were there to pray for her. Us, me, we prayed a prayer. It wasn't, oh God, we just ask you God right now to just come into the room and father God, thank you for this beautiful woman, your daughter. You love your daughter. Yes. I don't know if she's a child of God. I don't know. You love your daughter. And father God, I know what her heart, you know, you know what she needs. You know, her heart's desires. Would you just feel that desire? Would you just come into the room and and do what you do best? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God. That will, what the freak did you ask for? The prayer that we prayed that resulted in that lady getting up out of that deathbed of hers, her sick bed and walking, like she was walking like a professional. Are you kidding me? We curse this thing. 
paralysis, leave her. Like it was full of dunamis, full of power. People pray like that who know people who pray like that know their authority. People who pray like that are in their word. People who pray like that have the Acts 1 8 power. So get out of my face. Okay. And let me tell you, the mission trips that I fasted for, powerful. You know, I fasted to see these things because I understand that the enemy, if the enemy would want to hold back Daniel's prayer and he wasn't, it's not like he was evangelizing. What? Uh, you don't think the enemy wants to hold back, hold us back when we go on the mission field and evangelize? So I'm fasting because the enemy is going to try to prove, he's going to try to show himself to be a buffeter. He's going to try to act as someone who's like an opposition. I'm fasting. We're taking care of that right now in advance. So that's the importance. That's how you're spiritually prepped. The last one. The last one. Oh, oh. And the verses uh, that I had for that. Oh my gosh. Is in Mark and Matthew. Uh, why do we fast? Because the disciples couldn't cast. There's obviously. Oh, this is a big one. I don't know how I looked over this. Demonic spirits. Certain demonic spirits only come out by prayer and fasting. The disciples tried. To do it themselves. And they asked Jesus. How come we weren't able to do it? And you know what Jesus said? Because of your unbelief. This is in Matthew 17. 19 through 21. Verily I say unto you. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. You shall say to this mountain. Remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind of goeth not out. by But by prayer and fasting. That's in Matthew, in Mark 9, 28 through 29. You know, they asked him. I don't know if this is the same. Um, I'm pretty sure this is, this is the same exact like story, like the same exact event, because oftentimes the Bible will do that where one writer will put his perspective on the same event and the other um, writer will put their perspective on the same event. Like if you're watching a car crash, you might be at the front of the scene and you might be at the back of the scene. You're watching the same exact crash, but you guys are going to get different point of views from the same exact event. So in Mark nine, they asked, you know, his disciple to ask him privately, why could we not cast him out? 29 verse 29. And Jesus said to them, he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing, but by prayer and fasting. If you have the N, I think it's the NIV. Your Bible will not say prayer and fasting. It'll only say prayer. Ditch the translation. Ditch it and just ditch it all. Ditch it, ditch it, ditch it. Throw it in a ditch. Maybe not. Maybe you should. It is, it only comes out by prayer and fasting. Do you understand me? Okay, cool. So the third thing to be spiritually prepared on a mission trip or just mission, mission anything. You're going out and you're ministering is Bible recollection. Psalm 119 verse 11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, you cannot go in writing on your head knowledge. You cannot use the Holy Ghost for emergencies. Just in that way, you shouldn't. I don't think it's smart. Well, you know, I already know a lot of Bible anyways. I I memorize a lot of Bible. I know a bunch of Bible verse. I'm sure like whenever I need the Holy Ghost, he'll help me out. First Peter three fifteen, the Bible says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. 
you should work on your Bible recollection. Don't just go off of, oh, I already know what I need. I'm just going to go minister. Work on it. If there's, if it's, if you're not leaving today or tomorrow, work on it. Work on it. Study the word. Read it again. Memorize it. Memorize it. Memorize it. Do what you can do. Because people are hungry for the living water. The living word. They're hungry for Jesus. And in John 1, 1, it says that God is his word. If you have no grasp of the word, or if you're just going to go, oh, I already know. That's prideful, number one. There's always more that you can learn. If you have no grasp of the word, that is so embarrassing. What are you even pulling from? And I'm not saying the Holy Ghost can't help you. He will to not embarrass you. It's not to not be embarrassed. But I've been, I felt like I was on trips. I knew nothing. I knew no, that's why people tell, people print out Romans road and they said, memorize these Roman verses in the book of Romans and that'll help you memorize more than that. Read over the story of the gospel five more times. Read the whole thing. It's a lot. Read it. It's all good. Read, study up on scriptures of healing. If there's an area that you're like, I don't know if if I operate, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in read solely that read up on Kenneth Hagin believers authority read up on the things that biblically inspired revelations biblically inspired revelations of people that given you that are imparting wisdom to people to help and empower and encourage and equip you get some Bible recollection because at the end of the day you're going to be happy that you that you not only just by the Holy Ghost revelation and just re- reminder how he does that. Sometimes I'll be speaking and I'll quote straight up scripture and I didn't, I didn't know, or I, I, I can't even remember that reference, but the Holy Spirit fills my mouth up with words and I, I thank him, but I can do my part. I should be able to do my part as well because it's, it's not right that you operate on lack and the Holy Spirit has to pull in all the wor- work. That's irresponsible. For 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The way that you rightly handle this word is you, you keep it on you, hide the word in your heart, meditate on it day and night. Just like, just like David says, the Bible says, be followers of those who have obtained the promises of God. How do you do that? Do what they did. What did David did? The man that God proclaimed you're after my own heart he meditated on his word day and night he rejoiced in the lord always and again he rejoiced he sang songs worshiped god with his harp i think the flute i don't know but either way his harp he worshiped he danced he thought he 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 thought on the lord he doted on the lord in his mind he worshiped the lord with his words with his body he danced so much that he he was he revealed himself. I'll say that to people, but he didn't care. He's willing to be a fool for the Lord. You can't get like that. If you're not centering yourself in the word as much as you can, I don't want to hear. I've, I've heard excuses. I've heard excuses, excuses, excuses. I do like to listen to the word, but it's really hard for me to read the Bible. I'm just not, I don't know. It's just hard for me to sit down and read. You can sit down and read a terrible news story on CNN. You can sit down and read, go through Twitter and look at memes all day, Instagram, Facebook. You can't read the living word, the bread. Oh, like go to hell respectfully. No, I won't say that. 
get thee behind me. Ah, forgive me, God. Forgive me, you guys. I didn't mean that. But get thee behind me, for real, Satan. You, you, you're, you're weak and you're making excuses of yourself to stay weak. Fight. If you, for some reason, I don't know, have a hard time reading the Bible, which is just weird. Then how about you just do what people who go to the gym do and continue doing it so that it's easier. Okay. The hard things won't be hard if you continue to do it. Okay. Bible recollection. You're going to have to get armed and get strapped. The word is a sword. You, do you understand me? This word is a sword. You're going to have to be able to pull from the Bible. And of course you can bring your Bible, but do you know where these verses are? How about that? Do you know? That's, these are things that I even have to build myself up in. I can remember stories, but do I know where to find it if I'm in the field and I can't Google search it because I don't have any internet connection? How do I know where to find it? How do I know what region? It helps if you know what book, at least a book. But what if I need to, sometimes they're long books like Deuteronomy and Genesis. There's a lot that goes on in Genesis, the book of Genesis. I need to learn what happens. I need to learn to be able to remember scriptures. There's what I do is I, uh, I'm subscribed to this girl on YouTube that just makes scripture songs, songs of scriptures. And I use that. There's the reason why I know Acts 1-8. There's these, there are reasons why I'm just pulling this out because I do what I do, what I can to get this word in me. So that I can use it when needed. And it's always needed, especially on the field. There's some people that you'll be ministering to that'll be like, I, they've never read the Bible. They've only heard probably false teaching or just heard everything by word of mouth and what they want from someone who's educated, who can read perhaps. I don't know if they know how to read or not. Who's educated is tell me what the Bible says. You're going to need to know what the Bible says. Do you understand me? You are there to be someone's like saving, like something you, like you, you will save lives. I know it's like people try Oh, that's done. No, that's only God can save life. God's not the one that's going out in DRC in May with my team. He'll be with us. Of course he'll be with us, but we were sent. Jesus did all that he's going to do. He has already done. It is finished. It is finished. Okay, but we're here. Okay, he'll be with us ministering. I got to go, though. We got to go, though. Tell me what the Bible says, and you'll be the one that's healing people through the power of God, of course. But you'll be the one laying hands on the sick. You'll be the one. You'll be the one ministering. You'll be the one reading, teaching, preaching. They need you. And because of you. People will say, thank God for this man and what man and woman of God or woman of God and whatever. Thank God for this person. If it wasn't for that person, this wouldn't have happened. I thank God for you. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Reinhard Bonnke, the amount of Africa would probably be 90% is Muslim right now. Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. I know people who grew up in the dead religion of Catholicism. It's dead, deader than dead deader than dead is and yes there's some really great catholics my dad used to be a catholic but there's power in life over here where the holy ghost runs free and runs free there is the life in the river there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our god hallelujah uh, there's life there is rivers of living water that we live in over here and i don't mean that a denomination i mean the people that believe this bible the full bible and aim to see it work in their 
present life right now. The book of Acts Christian didn't die with them. It's still, we're still, book of Acts Christianity is still going on today. We are the church. And he didn't get that. He didn't have these, this, this stuff. He didn't get that in the, in Catholicism. He got it when he stepped out of religion and he got into the living flow, got into life, Jesus himself. Do you understand me? And people need you. People need people like that to minister and draw them out. And you have, and you're going and you have it. They need you to be prepared. Don't do this to people. Don't give them just the crumbs that you have though. People will take that and they'll run far with it, but don't, don't why be limited when you can be operating over abundance where you can be filled to overflow. Hallelujah. Where you can pour out and there's a lot of you to pour out. Come on, be prepared. I've seen people go with lack and they get nothing. I've seen people have, go on mission trips to win souls and it's just a vacation to them. That's the, that's the, that's the reward. You had a nice time on a plane. You probably had some diarrhea while you were there and you got to laugh with buddies, but you made zero impact for the kingdom of God. Nothing. It's like having talents and sitting on it. But the person that was able to make something with the talents they were given and have impact to him, who to the guy that produces much, much will be given to him. And the person that has nothing or less that will be taken from him and given to the guy who did the most. That's biblical. It's in the Bible. I just paraphrased it, but it's there. So it's not like everybody gets the same reward. This isn't socialism. You get what you put in. Whatever seed you sow, however many seed you sow, your harvest will be according to it. You put in a little bit, you'll get, you'll get something, but it'll get a little bit back. But you put in a great seed, hoe, and you continue to sow the harvest that'll come out of that. And you harvest that right back in, that harvest goes right back in the ground as a seed. Look at the multiplication and growth. That's being fruitful and multiplying. So I've seen people go with little and get nothing or get very little, go with nothing and get nothing. But I've seen people put in everything for this trip. I fasted. I prayed. I I have, you know, I have gone at it spiritually. I have ward in advance on the plane perhaps I don't know for me I've just when I do that I feel prepared and I'm just like and I'm gonna I'm just here to see the fruit and operate and see everything that I prayed for leading up to this trip I'm seeing it and I had that happen but you don't get that without putting the work in in advance and I think it's foolish and irresponsible unwise to have power and do nothing it's like taking a test when you have literally the answers. Just look over them, study, and you'll do a good job. But if you don't study, why are people expecting, oh, Father God, give me the answer? You didn't put anything in. And now it's the time to show that. And you're desperate when you should be confident like the next guy who's actually put in the work. He spent his time instead of playing Sims or video games or whatever. He actually dedicated that time. He could have been having fun and indulging his flesh to build his spirit man up and look at him valedictorian a hundred percent got a six on the ap exam i don't know seven i don't know what the highest score is i forgot i just did enough to pass and i did praise the lord <laughs> okay but i'm not surprised i got in what i put in i got out what i put in so that's that bible recollection be prepared i urge you and i encourage you don't do this on your own strength it's stupid to do that you don't cling to God and cleave to God whenever you need help you should be cleaving at all times 
because it's good to stay in that position where you are dependent on him in all things. Father God, I, I need you. I can't live life where it's like I don't need you. I'll always need you. I, I, I'm blessing you in the morning. I love you. Thank you, God, that you give me the ability to, to work in power from, for the day and then the next day and then the next day and every day that you give me to live on this earth. Thank you, God. But as for today, my, give me my daily bread. What will you have me do? I've come prepared. I've come prayed up. I've worshipped. I've fasted. I have given myself spiritually. I've sown spiritual seeds and I will have a spiritual harvest. So the thing people act like, oh, God has favor on that. Oh, maybe that person. The people that you see working like greatly in power on mission fields and mission trips or just ministry um, excursions. It's all biblical. It's not, it's not like God just has like, oh, well, God must like them more. No, 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 no. He shines his favor because, but you don't know what they did in secret. God will openly reward you what you put in in secret. You go in your secret closet, you go in your, your closet and you pray in secret. God will reward you openly before men. But the people that pray in the public out loud to that's their reward. Oh, Father God, you can't, that's why you can't even judge people's Christianity or spiritual maturity on what you see outside on the outside you know nothing that that will tell you nothing but you will see you will get to know it when you see how god uses them that's why you can't judge on the outward you always judge you always god knows the inward he knows the hearts of man and it's by the heart of man that god looks at he looks he regards that cannot just depend on what you see in the outward flesh or whatever and I see that all, I can tell who's prayed up on mission trips. I can tell. I can tell who, who's like, who, who prayed. I can tell who fasted. I can tell who prayed at night. I can tell who's spiritually matured and covered. I, the, it will show you, you will know by your, the fruits. And I, and the Bible tells us to judge the fruits. You'll know, you'll know, but don't beat yourself up for the past. If you've been on a trip and you're like, oh my gosh. Or if you go on the trip and you didn't, you didn't listen maybe to me. And you're just like, oh, well, I see now. Don't beat yourself up. Now that you know and you see the proof, unfortunately, because you didn't listen, do better. And this isn't just for mission trips. This is for life in general. You should be fasting. Some people say, I don't think I told I, I don't even know why I even bother telling people what I plan to do in my spiritual life. But I actually said this out loud one time. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that amazing? See, fan. I'm sorry, I just opened up my Kenneth Hagen book and there's a bookmark in it from Lusaka, Zambia, which is so, it's like a, like a, what do they call it? Like a God wink? I don't know. Well, that's really nice. Seriously, so nice. I don't even know why I bother telling people what I plan to do in my spiritual private life with the Lord, but I was just like, oh, I want to, I want to institute like a, a regularly fasting schedule in my life. And this person just cankles, cankles and just thick thighs and thick ankles just looked at me it was a guy so I'm not body shaming a female I don't think you need to do that I don't don't think we need to fast like that I don't think that's necessary you know I don't think your breath is necessary but here you are in my face how about that how about I'll do what I want you're not God and I'm gonna I'm gonna fast I'm gonna do this I'm gonna I'm gonna do I will give more of myself because I'm not interested in just living with just enough to get by that's 
I want to be the closest to the throne. I, these are my desires. I want to be, these are just honestly my desires. I want to have as much of God as I can. Why would I, why would I be okay with just praying for five minutes a day? Why would I be okay with just, with just giving like a little, uh, you know, just, just thinking about him with a smile. All right, God, you're really good. You're so nice. Why would I be okay with that? I know that's it. I know that I, I don't want to just make heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want to be so given to God that my life is an offering my whole life because this life is a vapor. So why would I spend it indulging in my flesh more than I can spend it putting my flesh down, right, strengthening myself in the spirit, dedicating it to God and seeing God move use my life in power because of what I dedicated to him. Why would that's not smart. It's like, I can do that in eternity. I can, I can, I can sit around or I don't know. I can do something else in eternity, but there's no point in indulging the flesh because the flesh profited it. Nothing. The flesh profited you. Nothing. The flesh wants to kill you. wants to die. It wants to just be sinful, but you live according to the spirit. You die to yourself. You die to your flesh. You crucify that thing and you live by the power and the spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Live by it. So I'm not listening to like lukewarm or like very passive and complacent Christians who, whose biggest testimony is that $5 flew at their ankles at the gas station and they were able to put their gas tank up by like half a half a line. You don't move mountains. Those people don't move mountains. I want to be surrounded by people who have prayed, who have given themselves to such a degree. I want to give financially more to the church than I do anything else in my finances. How about that? How about that? That's how I want to live my life. So when I get the opportunity to preach the gospel, I'm not taking it lightly. Are you kidding me? And I'm encouraging myself up. I'm building myself up too. It's not like I'm just like, I'm preaching from a high horse. I'm calling. I want to go deeper. I've, I've prayed. I have prayed. I fasted already for this trip, but I, why won't let me do some more. Why not? This I'm like calling myself up to a higher standard too. allow yourself to be speak spoken to by the spirit to call you up to a higher standard. Why not? You don't have anything to lose, but a burger. Congratulations. You're not eating a burger. Your love handles are going to thank you in 20 years. You're going to be 20 pounds lighter because you fasted. Congrats. You're welcome. Okay. So I don't want to be led. I don't want to flow and move with complacent Christians. That'll do just enough to get by. I'm not here to get by. I'm here to advance expeditiously. I'm here to conquer. I'm moving from glory to glory, victory to victory and grace to grace. Victory to victory, not victory to downfall, setback, valley, worship song, and then figure it out. And then anxiety battle and then sleepless nights and depression and then going to therapy to cope with it, but never overcome. And then doubting the word of God, then deconstructing to just drop it. Victory to victory. Doesn't mean y'all won't be challenged, but I will be victorious. Do you understand me? God has anointed you to be a victor and whatever you don't confront has the right to remain. If you're fat and I don't mean physically, I mean like by the flesh, you're, if, the, if your belly is your God, repent and fast. 
that it fixes more than just the spiritual stuff. It actually helps keep you like it. Your stomach shrinks and you you eat less because now your body is not you're so you're not abusing your body by shoving down a freaking glizzy down your throat. And a diet coke that's like fifty ounces, fried Oreos. Who who invented that stuff? Are you crazy? Fast, do yourself a favor. Fast lunch, fast just a day, and see how your body can take a freaking breather and reset. It's like it's like you. It's it's actually very good. It's like a detox. It literally is a detox. So God wanted you to be a skinny queen. I'm kidding. No, I'm I'm kidding. God wants you to be in good and perfect health in spiritually and naturally. And because he's so good, fasting does more than just spiritual benefits. There are actual health benefits to fasting. It's like a good reset on your body. It really is. I don't eat as much as I used to because I fasted. I have a lifestyle of fasting. Where it's like, I get full. If you know me, you know, I eat slow. And then I get full, like, after like five minutes of eating. And I always have leftovers. And I'm glad because I'll just get, I don't know why. Because when you eat outside, you get full quicker. And then when you go home, you're immediately hungry. But because I eat so slow and I always have leftovers, I can eat. I can eat when I'm hungry. You know, and I won't eat all my food. You don't throw up. Because you're stuffing Like your stomach was so much. You just don't know how to say stop because all you know is, you know, I'm hungry. Glutton, gluttony. It's a big problem in the Western church. It's a huge problem. You know how many overweight Christians I know? And I'm not trying to bully people. It's like concerningly overweight. It's like, oh my gosh, why is this such a major problem in the body of Christ? There's a podcast episode that was actually spent on that, which will probably have be way more gracious than I am, but it's by a dollar Shuttlesworth and, um, it's something, something with fat, just type it up a dollar Shuttlesworth fat, just search it up. It's, it's about it. And she, she encourages believers and rebukes. I'm probably way nicer than I am. That's it's a serious problem because your belly is your God. That's from the Bible. That's actually from the Bible. There's a whole Bible story on it. So, because people have spent their Christian walk not crucifying their flesh. And by crucifying their flesh, it's on all counts, practically, naturally, and spiritually. It all, it all, it's all cohesive. It works together. It works together. I'm not saying the skinniest people are the most spiritual. No, because you should be treating your body well. You should be giving yourself the right nutrients. You shouldn't be bones and skin. That's, that's a problem too. But you shouldn't be flaps and wings like like the like the Eva. What is that? What is that movie? Wall Wally character. That was beautiful. Good job, Krisa. The Wally characters in that movie. That's a that's like a prophecy. Americans are heading that direction of just being blobs on scooters. I mean, there's not enough Walmart is on is running out. Walmart does not have enough. So, and I love, but I will say, I will, one thing I will praise about the West in America, we are like getting on a health craze where we're just, we're recognizing this and we're like, we got to get back to healthy, not looking, it's not about a size and it's not about a shape. It's about health because you can be thick limbs and be healthy and you can be small and be (laughs) ridiculously unhealthy. But my point is get back to health, treat your temple well. 
Crucify your flesh. Fast. Eat well when you're done fasting. And do it wisely. Eat wise. Don't opt when you're in Target checking out. Don't grab the chocolates right there if you don't want to. I'm not saying that you should live your life where you're constricting yourself and you're beating yourself up. But you'll live. You'll live without the chocolate. You'll be fine. I promise. Oh my gosh. And if you want chocolate one day, go get the chocolates. Don't beat yourself up. And don't beat yourself up. Regardless, don't do that. Don't talk to yourself about like like that. I hate my body. Will you enjoy the chocolate cake it took to get for your body to get there? That was some really good shawarma that you ate. Don't hate the outcome. Don't don't hate yourself just because that's the outcome. You just didn't work out. You ate great food and you didn't work out. Don't be surprised that you are the way that you are. Love your body into this position that it needs to be in. I love, let me tell you, I'm thickums now, but I love that chocolate cake. Yes, I did. And I'm going to love this body back to health. How about that? Don't speak down on yourself like that. That's not going to help. But accept reality and work towards your goal with love and encouragement, uplifting yourself. Seriously. And that's also a great way to actually practically prep for a mission trip healthily like exercise especially if you're gonna do a lot of work walking I personally hate water I hate that liquid so much but hydration is a thing that I just have to do okay I just have to do it I have to hydrate I'll work on my hydration level if you go to get your checkup maybe your iron's low get that like get that get your numbers right let get your numbers up you know what I mean like fix what you can fix or like do what you can do to make sure you will not be the problem. <laughs> okay. And you could be a good vessel to use. Where you're not crouched over in a bush somewhere. When you have 12 more miles to trudge. That happened to me. I don't know why. Everybody was. We were walking through sand for hours and hours. And I. Again. It's, I didn't really work out around this time. It was the heaviest I ever was in my entire life. It wasn't like I was like a balloon. But. There was one particular day that was just hard. I was like, I'm not speaking because my breath is reserved for inhaling and exhaling to get lungs in here, like breath in my lungs. Because if I speak that, that is wasted oxygen that I need. I need this to circulate. Okay. And I was struggling. It just, the struggle just hit out of nowhere. It was just really hard. To just continue. I wanted to stop. And thank God for faith. She was like. Just keep. We're just. No. We're just going to keep walking. And you know. I made it. I got very skinny. After that trip. Praise the Lord. But after that trip. I was like. I'm staying this size. Because I lost a lot of weight. I'm staying this size. And I'm working out. And I have. And then I got COVID. I got even skinnier. Uh, that wasn't the goal. It was. I was a little happy. I'm not going to lie. But then I had to like. Now. Now. Just to be vulnerable. I have to like ride the line of being like let me not develop an eating disorder where I'm just like I'm just not gonna eat because I like being skinny let no your girl loves to eat okay the same way your girl likes to sleep your girl loves to eat I'm African we eat but also it's like the way that we eat our diet is like if you take out the meat it's literally vegan so it's like I don't know but you, listen I still grew up in Florida I love to eat I love barbecue I love meat I love meat and then I also like meat I like it when it's covered in sauce. I like it when it's grilled. I like it when it's smoked. I like meat when it's, you know, I just, I love meat. But there's times when it's just like, I'm not going to eat. 
I'm not going to eat pork. I'm not going to eat beef because I don't like the way that makes me feel on the inside after a while. How about that? Let's opt for chicken. Opt for that. Yeah, let's opt for something lighter because I'm hungry, but I'm not hungry for beef. So I'll just get the chicken version instead of the beef version because I pay attention to what certain things do to my body. Do you understand me? Like I used to like beef as a child, but beef just doesn't really sit well with me. Like I'm not telling people to be a vegan. Heck to the no. Heck to the no. But just be knowledgeable about the food you eat. Be knowledgeable what it does for your body. Because my father, he loves steak. I mean, the perfect day to him is steak, mashed potatoes, and fries. I don't know. He, he loves those like basic restaurants that all they serve is steak and fries. This literally every restaurant like Cheddar's, uh, BJ's, every, 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 nearly every restaurant is just steak and fries. All restaurants are the same, to be honest, at this point. Rarely are restaurants like different. They're all the same. They all serve burgers. They all serve this. They all serve that. It's the same exact thing. It's just different, different designs. It's like, whatever. Are you kidding me? He loves steak. He dreams about steak. He loves ribs. He could take that stuff. I don't know. It's like sometimes I'm just like, I'm not in the mood for a steak today. I'm not in the mood for ribs. I'm not. I'm not. How about a chicken? Sometimes I'm craving a rib. Give me a rib. Rib. Give me a rib. Are you kidding me? But you have to be knowledgeable about what your body can take. Observe what it does to you. How it affects your mood. How it affects if you eat it before you go to sleep. Well, is, are you getting heartburn? Are you farting more? Like matcha makes me gassy. It does. It makes me toot toot. And I even have to, you know, look at myself and be like, Crizo, stop ordering matcha. Ice matcha with liquid sugar at Dunkin' Donuts nearly every day. This is starting to be a problem. But anyways, it's literally nearly two hours. But I'm not mad at myself at that. Because Joe Rogan does episodes for like three hours. So you can- my laptop literally died on me. Good job, Chris. But anyways, whatever. Have a good night. Um, have a good life. My birthday is in two days. Is it the seventh? Seven is such a good number. I love that. You know, I was born April 9th, 1999, which is the 99th day of the year. And my favorite person is my brother is... Um, who I prayed to be born. I don't. I feel like I shared this already in the last episode. I already shared this information. You don't care. I care though. I'm turning 23. It's going to be my first time being 23. Are you kidding me? I'm birthing to me. Yeah, I'm going to dinner with my friends. And I'm forcing my parents to take me somewhere. And prove that they love me. And they like me. But do you like me? I'm kidding now. <laughs> so, God bless you. Listen. It's good advice. This is actually pretty good advice. So I hope that your trips are great. If you're smart, you'll take the advice. If you're dumb, you won't take the advice. And it's going to show. So God bless. Much love. One love. World peace. Peace in the Middle East. That's never going to happen. Just the same way like people will. I want to end world hunger. That's. That is never going to happen. Because you cannot end certain things that have a spiritual root which is donating certain things you know god feeds the hungry the solution is jesus christ but that is a podcast episode for another day that i'm actually really excited like some people pray like i'm praying against world hunger i want to pray against poverty 
Nope, the Bible says the poor you will have with you always. But I, that's what Jesus said out of his mouth. So that just shows you poverty. Of course, it's a, the Bible says it's a curse, but it's a spiritual thing. Anyways, that is such a dope freaking topic. I'm talking about it later. Okay, good night, everyone. I love you. I love you. And I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I pray your trips are great. And I pray, I, I don't even have to pray that God is going to move the power. He'll move according to what you give him and what you ask for and what you pray. And he will. He's really nice like that. All right, goodbye. Have a good night.